Hi, everybody that's listening now or later. I'm super glad we've got for for a God coaching episode. My my super, I call him my superhero and my dad. I think all our dads are superheroes to a lot of us. And uh, but we're just talking about how much he enjoys uh, talking about the Bible because it's his passion, God and Jesus and Mr. Holy are your passion, Dad. And I know we've got a great show today called David, a superhero. Uh, he fought lions, tigers, and bears. And then he had a really pretty girlfriend. He made he made her his wife. That's it. And then we've also got somebody listening in, and she's my buddy and my friend. And she has a question. It's a good one. But, Dad, tell us about our show. Like, you you know how to share it with us. So, anyway, thank you, by the way, for being here. Well, we're going to talk about King David one last time. There's You could spend a – well, I spent a semester in college on King David, so I'll do it in a, an hour. That's not fair, is it? Well, anyway. As King David, uh, he was the son of Jesse. His, his reign was from, uh, not reign, his life was from about 1000 B.C. Uh, to 962 B.C., you know, before Christ. Um, his great-grandmother was Ruth, which I discussed about two or three weeks ago, and Boaz. It comes with a variety of characters, but what delights me was he's the grandson of Ruth, which is a Moabite, which was not favored by God, and Boaz, which is a guardian and redeemer. But anyway, he uh, started Jerusalem, nay, and found Jerusalem. He brought Jerusalem into power and made it Israel's uh, capital. He reigned for 40 years as a young man. You'll find all this in First and Second Samuel in the books of the Bible. Anybody that know where First and Second Samuel is? Well, I don't know, but I find it. You, you, you. Look, read First and Second Samuel. <laughs> read First and Second Samuel. Read First and Second Corinthians. Or uh, you, you'll find out about King David. He wrote fifty percent of the Psalms. If you haven't read Psalms, it's a life of reading. There are 121 chapters, I believe it is. I don't know what it is, but then, you know, look it up. He's the second most talked to man in the Bible. Who is the first man talked about? Or who is the most talked about? Well, obviously, it's Jesus Christ, because the whole Bible points to Jesus Christ. But the second most popular man in the Bible, according to what they say, what he says, is King David. Now, how in the world could a man be so important as King David to be talked about second most in the Bible? He was a man that was uh, sinful, evil, couldn't control his children, married eight wives, no one, wow. he, <laughs> no one he couldn't get along with everybody, but he had eight wives. And uh, he was the second most talked man in the Bible. He bought lions, L-I-N-O-N-S, bears, and Goliath. I think I faced, I'd rather face Goliath than a lion or a bear. But anyway, that's another here and there. He had, as I said, eight wives. He was skilled. He was a skilled writer. If you read Psalms, you say, "Wow, this guy's intelligent." He's a warrior. Had to be a warrior to do all he did. He's a musician. Musician. As you see him uh, 
playing with uh, King Song. But again, he's known, known about by everybody as the man who fought a 10-foot giant called Goliath. He was uh, he had a wondering eye. No. He loved Bathsheba. Wow. When I say he loved her, he did love her. He was out on his terrace one day, walking around. He should have been in a war. His, his generals at war were defeating another city. And looked out across that on the table below him on a uh, stand like there was a Sheba. She was having a bath. Now, what in the world is she doing outside having a bath? Well, you know, it was those times in the, those times in the life of uh, King David where women bathed themselves openly. He looked down and he said, who in the world is that lady down below me? He called some of his people in. He said, "Go find out who that lady is. Gosh, she is good looking." So he went down. They found out she was, that she was married to Uriah. He was out in war, having war with the with some of his generals. That they were having war against another city. And uh, they said, "You know, her husband is Uriah, and he's fighting a war for you now, King David." David said, he's not here? Well, I just told you he's not here. Well, go now and find and go, go get her and bring her up here. So she's married to you, right, sir? I didn't say who she's married to. Bring her up here. I want to see her. Because I saw her, well, whatever. So they bring her up, and she was acquiescent or given to the king. We all know that what happened. He had sex with her. Probably numerous of times, but we only they only record one time. And she conceived and had a baby or was going to have a baby. So now here's a dilemma. We get caught on our own dilemma. We do things that are sinful or wrong and we cover up with different things. Sometimes we open up and be honest with everything. But like King David he said, I got to do something. I can't have this baby. And so he called up Uriah from the battlefield. I'm drunk. Turned to go home and enjoy himself. He was a man of forthright, of honesty and without conditions. He said to him, he said, I can't go have sex with my wife and have dinner and all that stuff. He said, my men are out of fighting and I swear I should be. So he refused to go. And David the next day found out he refused to go. So, you know, what am I going down now? Well, he invited him again, and he refused to go. So he got in touch with his uh, general. He told the general, he said, send you right up against the wall there where the fiercest arrows are shot. Let's get rid of him. The general couldn't figure out why, because the Uriah is a great soldier. But he did, and some of the men with him, and he was killed. Some of the strong men of the army were killed to cover David's sin. And he stayed like that for David's sin. And Bathsheba, after the morning was over, there's the morning time. Morning, I'm not talking about daylight. I'm talking about a morning kind. Bathsheba came up to the castle, fell in love with David, she didn't have a choice. He married her. 
wonder what she thought. Well, anyway, she was he was married and pregnant, of course. And David said, "Well, my sins are forgiven. I know God doesn't know anything about it. I can live like I want to live." But Nathan, the prophet, said, "Whoa, David, you're not going to do that." So they argued about it for a while and gave him an illustration. And David said, "Oh my God, I haven't found out." So the baby was born. David wrote one of his wonderful psalms of forgiveness during this time. As I said, he was a great writer, and he he knew how to do things. He wrote a great psalm that you can read. Uh, Psalms 23, which everybody knows, was written by David. But anyway, the baby was born, was sickly at times. And David was in love with the son, in love with Bathsheba. I don't know what happened to the seven wives that he was, but he was he was in love with Bathsheba. And he began to mourn for the baby. And he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't do anything. The king stayed down in her bedroom looking after the baby and described her word and scared. Everybody was scared about David mourning over this sick child. Well, a fun thing happened to the baby. Not funny, but tragically, the baby died. When he died, David refreshed himself, got some clean clothes, but it must have stunk by that time. Got some clean clothes and put on. And uh, it was almost normal. And the people were amazed. Said, what happened, David? Uh, we don't understand. The baby died. You should be in mourning. No, I'm not in mourning because he can't come to me. I know that. He's dead. What am I going to do? Live for the rest of my life if he's dead? No. I, when he dies, I can go to him, but he's not going to me. And that proves eternal salvation in the sense that when children, before they know what's going on, is safe in the arms of Jesus. And that's important for us to remember. If you ever want to know whether children will go to heaven, there's a scripture that will teach you that. The David died. The baby died. David could not live with himself. But he refreshed himself, put on clean clothes. It was normal. And he said, "I can't go. He can't come to me. But one day I will go to him." Well, we know wow. David's in heaven because he is a man of God's own heart. So remember that. If you want to know what David is, he's in heaven. If you want to know where. Well, the baby is, he's in heaven, because children are saved by God. Moving on about David, let me, before I move on about from for David, you know, in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, there's a 430-square-foot building. That's a huge building, I want you to understand, 430-square-feet. 430 but inside the building is nothing but the Bible. B-I-B-L-E, 66 books that describe the manuscripts and things of this nature for love, for hope, forgiveness, sins, everything. It's discussed in these 430-square-foot building. There's uh, three parts to it. And uh, there's shows the different inscriptions and signs in this building. Over the Supreme Court bed, there's a there's a forgiveness sign, 
The Liberty Bell has a forgiveness sign. There's a multitude of murals. All this in this huge building in the middle of Washington, D.C. It's all about God. God loves humanity. He's the one that created humanity. He gives the free will. And he gave us Jesus. I want to ask any of you a question, if you don't mind. Let me say that you you love Jesus. Well, why do you love Jesus? Did he die for you? Certainly he died. Is he resurrected, resurrected for you? Certainly he is. But understand this part of it. God points to Jesus. All Everything in the Bible points out to Jesus. And everything points to salvation, which is in Jesus. We find that God loves mankind, and he never, never, ever takes his free will. All of us have free will. We can go out and sin, as David did. We can go out and kill, as David did. We can go out and do anything we want to, and God doesn't prevent it because he believes in free will. So when he had his son, when when man was created, he wanted man to have free will. Do angels have free will? Yes. Everybody has free will because God wants you to love him unconditionally at your own will, not at forced will. He doesn't, he doesn't like slavery. He wants free will. So when the man was created, God gave him free will. Did God know he was going to sin? Well, I think so, because God knows everything, past, present, and future. He knows it all. So he gave man a free will, but when he created mankind, man, mankind had this free will. He knew he was going to sin. And God knew he was going to sin, and he knew that the only way he could recapture, not the individual, but the thought of free will, was to send Christ to him. So how many of us would today, if you have children, I have I have two daughters, one's on the phone now, but then we have two daughters, and God said, I know I'll have to send my son to die, because that's the way it's going to happen, and I still want man to have free will. And he did. He had he free will. And God sent his son to die for us, to redeem us, and to defeat the devil. But he knew this when he created mankind. He was going to do it. I wonder how many of us would do that. Meaning, would we create our daughter or our son, knowing that he's going to have to die because God wants free will? Ah, that's a thought for you. But anyway, back to David. Got off my a little too much. But back to David. Uh, David was a, a fighter. He loved the, he loved the king. He loved God's will. He did all things for God for, for God's sake. But David was given a Davidic com, uh, contract that his kingship would live forever as long as he stayed, stayed true. But David's victories were, after Saul's death, David had been made king over Judah, and seven years later he made king over Israel. So remember this, that David was really the third king, even though he's mentioned several times as the second king, but in certain verses he's mentioned the third king. The reason being was Saul, which is Israel's first king, had had children, and the children, uh, his one that was supposed to reign after Saul's death, 
was another king. Was a was a Bashim. But irregardless of that, irregardless, not eerie, regardless of that, he was made king, and David was king. David was king in one part of the city. Saul was king in another part. I mean, the, the new, new, new king was. But he only reigned for three and a half years, and then he was killed. So David was appointed king over Israel. And he reigned for 40 years. He made Jerusalem the capital of Jerusalem. He built his own house. He wanted to build a temple, but God said, no, David, I'm sorry, you can't do it. Now, how can a man that's the second most popular man in the Bible, a man after God's own heart, do you know what I said, a man after God's own heart? Uh, We claim to have God in our heart, but David, according to Christ, was a man after God's own heart. And God said, no, you can't build a temple because you're a man of war. you got too much blood in your hand. So his son Saul, from Bathsheba, was appointed to build a temple. He died at age 70, David did. And soon after becoming king over all Israel, David made Jerusalem his capital. And he was situated in an impregnable position with three sides in the four, 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 there were three sides and situated in it's, I can't even talk with three valleys on each side three sides and with the tradition of Melchizedek the most high on Saturday is thought to be the ancient name of Jerusalem but anyway he would start his reign the promises he made of the eternal king were to come after David's family David was very successful in his wars. He completely uh, subdued the Philistines, the Moabites, Syrians, Edomites, and Amorites, and Malachites, and all the neighboring nations. The Lord gave David victory wherever he were. David took, the man, took a magnificent nation, insignificant nation, and in a few years built it into a mighty kingdom. In southwest of in the southwest, the Egyptian world had declined. In the east, Mesopotamia and the Syrians and the Babylonians were empires to not yet raised. If you read the book of Daniel, you'll find out all those powerful nations coming in. And here on the highway between Egypt and Mesopotamia, the kingdom of Israel under David had become almost overnight a, not a world empire, but perhaps the single most powerful kingdom on the earth at that time. But his troubles with Bathsheba were obvious. I'm going to take offense to uh, some of this and that that part of it because I know that Bathsheba was his downfall according to everybody that reads it today. But you know, I take offense to that because I think I've done the face... I don't want to face anybody like that, but I'd face the lion before I'd face a bear, before I'd face a lion. Do you realize what happens when you face a lion? Those claws, a bear that rears up 10 feet in tall, well, Goliath was 10 feet. But David, not only one time, not only two times, but several times, rescued lambs from a lion's mouth, rescued lions, bears. I mean, 
sheep from the bear's mouth. And that was the day to find these guys. So he looked at Goliath. He said, well, heck, you're just a man. And I'm a man. I'm a little man. They was about uh, 60 inches tall. The Goliath was 10 feet tall. And they said, I can whip you. So they went out to war. They stopped at the brook, picked up five stones. Why did they pick up five stones? Well, I've heard preachers all over the world say, well, you need a blah, blah, blah. I don't believe any of that. David picked up five stones because that's what he always did. He had carried extra with him. Where he had this sling wrapped down. <laughs> Took the sling, swung it around his neck several times, and let that stone fly. And the stone went away from David at a great speed. You know what a slingshot is? What a slingshot is? What I do. Kids? <laughs> you do? Anyway. Yes. <laughs> the, the sling. Be quiet. Anyway, the sling <laughs> leaves David's hand, the stone, and lamb blasted that giant right in the forehead and knocked him out. And David rushed over to him. By the way, the armor that the giant had weighed more than 120 pounds. That was just a slight guy, like I said, about 60 inches tall. But he was handsome. He was powerful. He grabs Goliath's sword, chops off his head, puts it on, puts it away, took it up to Saul and said, here's your, here's your man. And they all had great acclaim. David's songs of praise, David's last words. This is David in the last, the last song. It shows that what David's mind was focused on at the close of his glorious but troubled life. There's just justice of his reign as king and uh, his creation of the son, his devotion to God's word and God's covenant with him that promised eternal eternal destiny. It's still just just see just why the taking of the natural well I'm going to get ahead of myself on this there's a there's a part in the Bible that I think is David's downfall even though Bathsheba was his downfall and everything but his pride was his really a downfall 7,000 people died at the close of David's life because of his pride he was told a number of Number of the tribes, number of the people, and the decision to count the people may indicate that he had, who had, he who had, so consistently all his life relied implicitly on God was beginning to rely on his own greatness. What does it mean by his own greatness? Pride. Pride destroys what God had given him. We so we so often have our pride that takes over for us. And when it takes over, we forget God and we rely on ourselves. And here was a man that that David. He was David, the man that relied implicitly on God. In the end, pride raised him up. He came to Israel to show how powerful he was. The census shows a population of almost a million and a half people, fighting men. It didn't include Levi or Benjamin. In punishment, God sent a plague. 
give him a choice about the plug. But God said, I mean, David said, do this. And he said, okay, I'll do it. 70,000 people were dying because of his pride. And David cried out to him, oh, God, please stop. And he did. All in all, David was a grand character. He did some things that uh, viewed as wrong, but most remarkable man, especially when viewed in a lot of his time and in comparison with other Orient rulers. His heart and soul devoted to God and the ways of God. In a world of adultery, in a nation that was continually falling away in adultery, David stood like a rock. In every circumstance of his life, he was directly to God in prayer and things. And when he did sin, folks, remember this. When he did sin, quickly wrote a song, prayed to God, and he realized the sin. In every circumstance of his life, he went directly to God in prayer and things in the repentance of praise. What can we do right there? You know, if we sin, all we have to do is pull out First John 1, 9. If you confess your mouth, your sin, and believe that you could turn from that, and you want to return, and you do a 180-degree turn, God will forgive you for your sins. You know, every night I get up, I mean, every morning I get up, and you guys, uh, my daughter knows me, but not my daughter knows me, but yeah, not really. She don't know the internal parts of me because nobody does. I'm the most sinful God that's ever lived. No, I haven't killed anybody. Well, I don't know whether I have or not, but in regards to that, or regards to that, I sin, and I have to get up every morning, and sometimes I sin in my dreams, in my thoughts, and I have to get up and say, God, please forgive me for my sin. I turn from that. I won't do it anymore. And inevitably, I do at times. God will forgive you for your sins. I'm not not talking about salvation now. I'm talking about the sins of an individual. You're not going to lose your salvation, but you can use fellowship with God. You ask forgiveness, and God gives it to you and restores your fellowship. What do I mean by fellowship? God allows you free will. But he allows you to get ask forgiveness. When you have a fellowship with him, you're not going to get your rewards in heaven. Can you imagine a person like Billy Graham, which I believe in, not believe in, believe in what he did. Thousands came to Christ under his leadership or, or devotion. And we can come under his fellowship, not Billy Graham, but Christ. And we win souls for God. But if we're out of fellowship with God, we can still win people to Christ. Paul said that. He said, oh, don't destroy him. He's preaching gospel. God will honor his word. But if we're out of fellowship, we get no rewards for that. So in essence, David knew what he was doing, knew how to do it, and was very successful. Powerful man, powerful general, powerful musician, powerful prayer warrior. He did everything correctly, as you said, when he sinned, and he was a sinner. Take heart, folks. We all sin, but we can all ask forgiveness for that sin. First John 1-9 will lead you the right way. That's David. 
you can I could preach for two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours on David and what he did and how he'd come about. But uh, he's a leader. He founded, not founded, he started the, the capital of Israel in Jerusalem. He was a great warrior. He loved God. He died. And you and Mary's in heaven. So if you have any questions, T, go ahead and ask him. All right. Well, we got a question. Rosemary's here. And uh, Rosemary, that's some difficult names there that we heard. <laughs> so that must be some different people, right? <laughs> different types of people. Um, you know, but she has a great question, Dad. And, and I want to ask you one question. Then I, I want, well, after ask, I'll ask after Rosemary. Rosemary, what's your question? Because you got a lot of names to choose from. There's a lot of people right now. I, I just want to know. Now, Adam and Eve, and they had Cain and Abel. Where did all the other people come from? That's a good question. Wow. Well, that's a great question, but it's good you're asking. Uh, it's fairly simple if you stop thinking about it. Not be a mathematician, but just how long has the United States been formed? How long have we had the United States in its constitution? Do you know? Yeah, 244 years. That's, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 244 no, I, I, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, for 244 years. But even before that, when the 1600s, uh, when they first came to America. But remember this. From 1600 up time, how many people do we have in the United States? 330 billion, maybe. Uh, they say 3.30, but with the uh, people crashing the borders and all that, it's probably more than that. But anyway, there's 330 billion people in what? 400 years? 500 years? So all we got to do is look at Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve was formed. What was Adam and Eve formed? What was Eve formed? Well, one thing was procreate the earth. And she had children. When she had children, they only mentioned Weren't, remember this, the Bible only mentions sacred points in the Bible. There's many, many other things happening around them at the same time. So when Cain killed Abel and went away by himself, was it for one year, two years, three years? It was for, he lived seven over 700 years. Well, we in the United States lived 400 years. And we have 340 million people in the United States. Now, of course, we have people that are coming in through uh, immigration and all that. But out of 300, over 300 years, over 400 years, we have 330 million people. If Cain lived, what, 800 years? Could 800 years produce so many people? Well, he produced 330 million in over 400 years. So, did he marry his sisters? Well, he married his sisters from maybe two sisters back, or three or four or five or six. But all the people that were on the earth at that time, children. And children had children. Children and other had children. More and more and more. So, it's easy to assume, assume there's probably two million people. Two billion people, or a billion people, in the earth in 800-year period of time. 
So did Cain marry somebody his close relative? Well, he was relative close. We know we can't marry a sister, but the race was pure at that time. And people lived six, seven, eight, nine hundred years. So therefore, it's easy to assume out of 800 years of time, there was quadruple millions of people on the earth. So it's easy to assume that Saul married his sister, uh, fifth or sixth, seventh down. We don't know how. We don't know who Saul, uh, who a uh, king married. We know they married, and we know he had children. We know that his children had children. So it's easy to assume that with all these vast children on the earth, the vastness would include Cain and Abel's offspring, not Cain, not Abel, his offspring. And that's how it happened. Remember that there were a great deal of time transpired, and God doesn't record everything. The the Bible would be... uh, well, we immense in if it had all the things that went on there. But when Cain killed Abel, Cain was sent away. We don't know the length of time he was sent before he married somebody else. But we know that could happen, and it did happen, that there were many, many people derived from the Cain's line, which we have no record of. But it's reasonable to assume that there were many, many people under Cain's signs. I hope that answered. I hope it wasn't too confusing. Did that answer your question there, Rosemary? Yes. Anyway, yes. Yeah, I know. Well, I I have my own thought about why they lived so long. The race was pure, and there was no fast food restaurants back in that time, right, Dad? So they ate pretty healthy then. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they didn't need Botox injections at all. It's all good. I'm with you on that one. That's funny. Hey, there's this lady he talked about a couple weeks ago. Her, her name was Sarah, and she was 80 years old, and she looked great. And he goes, don't tell them we're married. You go in there and flirt with them. And uh, so that, that's what Sarah did. He didn't say flirt with them. He said, don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, no, well, Flirt she was, was beautiful, right? But she was a queen, or not queen, but she was like she was eighty years old, right? Dad, he told us that <laughs> she was Abraham's wife. Okay, okay, and okay. his sister. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, huh? And then she would flirt. We she had to go in there and, and flirt with the king, right? Another king, and she was married to. <laughs> well, you're right? adding something to it, but I, <laughs> she didn't flirt. She was made available. Women okay. at that time, their ages were available when they were ordered. You know, I already do this something now. You look at me and say, who are you? I'm your father. <laughs> do something else because I ain't obeying you. Well, you didn't do that often, but every once in a while you do it. Yeah, I didn't tell on you. It's all right. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so, so, but she was, she was beautiful. And you could be beautiful at 80. Like right now at 80, people are thinking that you're old, right? And it's just different. I, I guess the DNA is a lot different. Too. Well, she, she was beautiful at 80, but they didn't say she was beautiful. She was beautiful when she was younger. She was married to Abraham, and Abraham said, they're going to kill me to get to you. But uh, later on, I don't, know how, but I don't know how pretty she was when she had uh, 
Abraham. I mean, uh, uh, a baby. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that story, Rosemary, because it, I was sitting there going, wow, 80 years old, no Botox, no anything. Okay. She just, like, <laughs> she just went in there. I mean, you know, I was like, wow. Things I think of, like, things she thinks of. Anyway. This, Could we use pride? Could we use pride here? What's that? Say that again, Dad. I said, could could we use pride? Yeah, uh, am I prideful? On your part. Yeah, yeah I, we, <laughs> I'm using pride. I'm prideful. Oh, sometimes I am. I know, right? I need to be better. I'm going to work on that. That is a work on progress, in progress for me. Okay. So okay. sometimes pride is good, though, when you take pride in your work, right? So that's a good thing, right? Not be prideful. You should have pride. But right. Just believe in God. Um, Absolutely. He's, yeah, and Jesus and Rosemary, she meditates with Jesus, and she meditates with the triplets, Siamese triplets, but she and Jesus are buddies, right, Rosemary? He's her, he's her buddy. Yeah, he's, he's usually the one I go to. He's my go-to person. Right. Isn't that good? I'd love that. Anyway. Absolutely. Question. Absolutely. What we should do is go to God. God can be your go-to person. He can rescue you. He believes in you, and he formed you. And give you free will to do exactly as you want to do. Remember that. But in our free will, we sin. Because we're, I know T don't like this. We are evil. We were born in evil. And we were saved. We're taken out of the evil and given salvation. Go ahead, T. Yeah. Reprimand me. No, 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 no. I don't, I'm not going to do that. You and I, uh, I, 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 that's such a moot point, but just as long as you, as Jesus in your heart, you're good to go, and you and you live a you live like you know you have Mr. Holy as your buddy, God the Creator, and Jesus is your healer. That's how I see it. Okay, and they're all connected, and um, and if you had to give one of your children up, that'd be hard. Okay, I'll be on vacation that week. Remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Apologize. It's not in progress. <laughs> anyway, apologize. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Dad. What are you going to say? Uh, sorry, I'm not going to talk about it. It's All time right. to go. Yes, and well, thank you. And Dad will be on next week, uh, God Coaching. Same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, Rosemary, thanks for the questions. They were great. And Dad, that was a great. Oh, thank you. Thank you for including me. I know. Well, you are welcome anytime, and uh, we got people that are listening now and later. And, Dad, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. I'll give you a call back a little bit later. Bye, Rosemary. Bye, everybody that's listening now and who's going to listen. Bye. To- thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Rosemary. Bye-bye. Thanks. Isn't she beautiful? Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to let you go, Dad. I'll call you back, okay, so we can get off here and it'll be good. <laughs> 